0: Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons only on The Horn.
1: here on the Sports Complex on the Horn. Let's get into some basketball talk here in a minute. Talk a little bit of a Texas dropping out of the top 25. Got a big game tomorrow, which is shouldn't be a big game, but it is now. We'll get into that. Uh, maybe a little NBA talk as well. Uh, a lot of teams played yesterday. Basically, everybody played yesterday for MLK day So not a lot of action tonight, but uh, some other news happening around in the NBA. We may get into that, too, if we have some time. And, of course, your text messages, 512-447-3776. 512 447 3776. We're talking a lot of Cowboys today because, uh, you know, after the early exit, that's kind of one of the main conversations right now. Is is Mike McCarthy the question of the day? Should the poll of the day, should, who should be the coach of the Cowboys next season? Is it Mike McCarthy or is it somebody else? You got somebody else who's a legitimate, viable option at, court, at, at coach. There's some better options than you probably thought you were going to have. You got Bill Belichick's available. He's clearly interested in coaching. Talk to the Falcons. He's taking interviews. He didn't retire. Mike Vrabel, heck of a coach, brings you a little bit more toughness. You know, I'm, I'm sure if you called the Steelers, they'd at least listen about a trade for Mike Tomlin. Jim Harbaugh, looking at the in, in the, looking at a. Uh, what he's going into in uh, in Michigan and the contract he wants in Michigan, where he wants to have immunity if he's suspended or. Or any punishments from the NCAA. He wants immunity and still have his the highest paid coach. Even if he's not allowed to coach. He wants that. So maybe he's going to the NFL. There's some decent options out there. Some better than there are a lot of other years. If you're, if you're, so who's that? And if Dak, if Dak's not the guy. Which I'm not saying he is. But if he's not the guy. Who do you think should be the next quarterback of the Cowboys? And, and how do you get that quarterback? Who, who replaces him? How do you go about getting him? All that. Let us know on the text line if you got any other things that help fit the tech the Cowboys. And I know, I know we, we get a lot of texts. And I do want to reset some things because we're going to get into it because I'm going to rant about Jerry Jones in a minute because I know a lot of you guys are still mad at Jerry Jones. But there's something – I'm going to defend Jerry Jones in just a minute, which I don't like to do, but I'm going to because there's something that I think gets left out of the conversation with Jerry Jones. Uh, I do want to reset, though, uh, that the news we've gotten today, that yesterday – and over the weekend, we got the news that Dwayne Aquina seemed like he was going to be coming back to Texas uh, as some sort of role under Sark's uh, reign or Sark's era of coaching here at at Texas that we thought he would be coming back. It appears now that Dwayne Aquino will not be coming back. He is going to turn right back around and head back to Arizona. They hired their new coach, Bren, Brennan, from San Jose State. So he has been able to, and him and Arizona have been, have, uh, been able to apparently convince Dwayne Akinna to come back and be a part of the coaching staff there at Arizona. Reports are that the players at least want them to try and go and pay a lot of money to get Johnny Nansen to come back, the new linebacker slash co DC that Texas hired from Arizona. They would like him to come back to be the DC. The question is, was there a risk with Jed Fish? And that's why he would be available now, I uh, would be more willing to come back. Is the money way better? What, does he have more control? Those types of things will be the question. We don't know that yet, but we'll see about that. Uh, but those are the big stories from Texas football. Uh, still seeing how the situation plays out there in Arizona. They still do not have a defensive line coach at Texas. And you know we'll see if they're either looking maybe for some transfers from Arizona or trying to figure out who their new linebacker coach is going to be at Texas. Uh, both those could be happening. We, those could happen in the next hour. It could happen the next week. We don't know. We'll, we'll keep you updated right here on the Sports Complex. Let's get back to the text line. 512-447-3776. And I, we've gotten a lot of these. We'll keep going to them. Uh, text says next coach, Jerry Jones. He runs it. He, he already might as well put the headset on. Just dumb. Just dumb. Hating on Jerry Jones. And I'm sure there's more of those and we'll get to them. So try and read everybody's text here on, uh, on, the, on the sports complex. Let's say this about Jerry Jones. As much as we want to blame him, and he does take blame in this. Because he does take blame in what the culture is there. And he does take blame in hiring the coaches. You cannot say that the Cowboys are not a talented team. You cannot say he has not spent money to bring in talent. And he has gone out there. Now he could have done more. Could he have gone and got another running back? Yes. Could he have tried to get another linebacker? Yes. Could he have leveraged some of the future for today? Yes. But... Do you have a more talented roster than Green Bay? Yes. Unequivocally, yes. Do you have a more talented roster than Tampa Bay, who's still in the playoffs? Yes. Unequivocally, yes. Jerry Jones gave you a talented enough roster to make it to the conference championship. There's the talent there. And as much as you hate Dak Prescott, and I know it's hurting right now because he threw two big picks in that game, Dak Prescott was second in MVP three weeks ago. So I know there's issues there, but it's not that the talent level is not there. The talent level, he's giving you that. So as much as we give crap to Jerry Jones, he's not he's not giving you the Panthers roster and then wondering why it doesn't work. He's giving you decent players. The problem is that it's can you create a culture, can you get a coach in that wants to create a culture? And so if you're saying... Okay, well, it's Jerry Jones and the feet, it's his fault because he brought in Mike McCarthy. But let's keep Mike McCarthy. I don't. That's a jump in logic for me. Then I say, cool, get rid of Mike McCarthy. Is it that Dan Quinn? Is it like did he step in the way of the defense? Did he go into Dan Quinn and tell him this is the only defense you're allowed to run? No, but Dan Quinn kept playing the same defense. Now you can say Jerry Jones is on top, so he's gonna take the blame for all this. But to say Jerry Jones just in himself is garbage at what he does, as a, just a general manager, not the president of operations, just general manager, he's a decent GM right now. And Stephen Jones has helped him. Will McClay's a huge part of that. They've drafted pretty well recently. They've built up an O-line that's a lot better than it used to be. And I know it was better. It was a run offensive line when you had uh, when you had D'Amico Ryan and Demi- uh, DeMarco Murray, you had him and Uh, It was a more run line, and they changed it more to a pass line now. But you can't say that Jerry Jones has not acquired talent, because he has. So then it goes into, okay, now as he president of a team, now is he hiring the right guys to do that? And I think that's where he's coming up short, because he's loyal, because he doesn't necessarily want a guy who's going to come in and push and challenge the norm. That I will give you. That I think is the problem. But to say that Jerry Jones over the top, there's way worse owners in the NFL. Now, their fingerprints aren't over everything, but they don't want to spend the money. They don't want to bring in the right guys to get general managers to bring the right people in. They don't want to stay the course and trusting guys to build them. They don't want to do that. Jerry's not the worst owner in the NFL, not by a long shot. You don't make the playoffs every year and then under, underperform if you're not a good general manager at some point in there. So we have to give Jerry some credit for what he's done. So instead of just going, well, Jerry, he should be the coach, he should be everything, he didn't. He wasn't coaching his team. He put together a really good talent, and he hired a coach who didn't have enough backbone to go in there and yell at his team once this season and get them mad and get them to play at a level. They've never played at a higher level than they should have played. They played at the level they should have been playing with the talent on that roster. But I'm not giving that to Jerry. I'm not going to put that straight on Jerry Jones that he should be that guy. I'm not going to put that on him. I think he's done better at some things. He's gotten better as time has going on. Is he, not, is he the best? No, not by a long shot. But to just pretend that Jerry Jones is the reason this team will never win and not put into account that, okay, well, maybe the fan base who continually yells at him instead of saying, well, no, but why don't you get a coach that we don't all like, that maybe we get a Bill Belichick that we respect and don't like. Why don't you go get a Mike Vrabel who we may all, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to like the guy. He may yell at the player or something maybe that the teams the team all wanting to be best friends is not the best case scenario for you every single year. Text says Baker didn't make it about himself maturity. Yes, Baker has shown a lot more maturity this year. I think being out and being left for dead and then coming back to life has shown him a lot. You know, he's, it's been a, you know, we haven't seen the clips of him. And maybe being in Tampa Bay and being in a division in the MC South where Southwards just not as much TV time has been good for him. Uh, says, give Lance the rock and draft a QB and Bill Cower. I don't know. Bill Cower has not coached since 2006. So I don't know if I'd bring him back. But I, look, and I think my my theory, and I'll keep counting on this poll, is Dak Prescott, you let him have one more year because it's cost prohibitive. You're not going to get the draft picks back you want. I know I just said that we saw what Deshaun Watson got for nothing. I don't think anybody's giving up you know, a ton of picks for Dak Prescott with one year left on his deal. I think they'd rather wait it out and know that the Cowboys would get rid of him in a year, and they could probably sign him in a year. I think they'd rather do that than try and give up two or three firsts for him. So you maybe get a first, maybe a second, and get rid of Dak, and then you have nothing. And then you're hoping to get a quarterback in that pick that can come out and play the first season, but you probably your best season is eight or nine wins, plus you're getting a coach, and that guy's got to come in with that. I, I think what I do is I try and get a quarterback late first round, second round. I get Trey Lance a year to see if he's the guy. And I give Dak Prescott, don't give him a new deal, and tell him to go out there and earn the contract. And I think Dak's the type of guy who's not going to sit out. I think Dak will go out and try and do it. And if Dak earns a contract and he, you win the playoffs, great. If he doesn't, you don't, and you move on and you figure out if Trey Lance is the guy, or you figure out if your rookie's a guy. But you give it another year. That's what I do. Uh, texter says trade Dak, whoever, and draft a QB or two. We're starting over anyway. higher Harv available. You're not starting over. That's the problem. Jerry doesn't want to start over. That's your Jerry Jones problem is he wants to be good every year. He wants to be relevant every year. So you are not going to start over. He's going to restructure contracts again. He's going to put you in a situation where you don't have a ton of cap space again. That's what he's going to do. Texas men's basketball is pure garbage. That's untrue, but uh, we'll get to that in a minute. They, did, they played like it on Saturday. I will give you on Saturday they played like it. But I will not give you that they are garbage. But uh, he says, will never happen. Jimmy Johnson is GM and Jim Harbaugh is coach. I like, I like that. Jimmy Johnson showed what he could do. Again, guys that have been away from football for that long, it's always questionable to me to bring back because the game evolves so quickly that there's like a three-year period. And I get they're talking about it, but they're not in the scene the same way. That always worries me a little bit. But I'm not against any of that. Man, Chan says, uh, uh which one of the coaches out there, whichever one. Cars, yeah, that was not the cars early I played earlier. What did I play first? I don't even remember what I played first, but I did not play the cars, Chan. I have to go back and think of what I played first. Oh, I played the Rolling Stones. I played the Rolling Stones first. She's so cold. It was not the Cars, the Rolling Stones. Uh, which one of the NFL coaches out there is willing to kowtow to Jerry J shall be hired? And that's the thing is it's you need to go in there and be tough with Jerry, and he may not hire you, but that's what you want as a coach if you're a fan. And what about Jake Browning? No, Jake Browning is not going to save the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, Texter says, Jerry Jones never addressed the running back room. All the pressure was on Dak's arm for the offense. Pollard is a number two. He doesn't have what it takes to carry a team. He's a ch- great change of pace. So you can have them both have 15 carries, but he needs another back in there. I agree with you there. And you had to use a Panthers roster as, as an example. Yes, I did. Because... Their roster is really not good. They have a lot of problems on that roster, and they need—they did need another running back. I agree with that as well. I agree with that. But to say, well, he's a terrible GM. By the way, we had Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb, who we drafted. C.D. Lamb and we drafted. You know, we traded for uh, Brandon Cooks. We got Stephon Gilmore, who's a big addition. You—you you looked at all those pieces. They did have good—good good stuff. Are you still really high on UT men's basketball team or the loss this weekend raise deeper concerns? We'll get into that. I'm not really high on them. I'm not as low as everybody else is. We'll get to that in just a second. And Mike Vrabel won with mediocre teams in Tennessee. Keep Dak. There are no better options. That's more what I'm on. I'm giving Dak one more year. Personally, that's what I would do. Who knows what will happen? I don't think they're going to get rid of him. If you look at his contract and... You know, you're not cutting him clearly because that would be a lot. So you're going to try and trade him. You got to find a trade partner who's going to give him a new deal if you trade him that he'd want to go to. You're maybe getting back a first, maybe a first and like a third or something like that, but probably a second, probably more of an Aaron Rodgers package, which is terrible for a guy as young as Dak Prescott. But I don't think anybody, because everybody knows there's one year left on the deal. And it's just I don't know if anybody really believes he's going to be the franchise guy. You know, you're kind of taking a chance. Whereas Deshaun Watson was a guy you felt was a franchise guy, like Justin Herbert. We talked about. Is he, you feel like is a franchise guy? Day drinker. I know it was a long shot. Let Dak show us one more year and give Frable. Okay, I'm with you there, day drinker. I thought you were maybe just had a couple of drinks. It's it's your text line name is day Drinker 77 So I could believe you were day drinking. Let's talk a little Texas basketball Uh, before we go to the break here. uh, So Texas basketball lose to West Virginia, uh, over the weekend, Texas basketball drops out of the top 25 in the new AP poll. And I know I keep seeing people going after Rodney Terry and, and, and part of this is Rodney because everything's going to be part of the coaching. I am not as down on Rodney Terry. I'm not going to, I'm, I refuse to accept the fact that anyone could have done what he did last year. That's just, that's just insane. Uh, I saw how bad the team like offensively was early in the year. I saw Sir Jabari Rice uh emerge later in the season. I saw Dylan DeSue emerge later in the season. All of those things were done by Rodney Terry and his staff. So I'm going to give him credit for those. I'm going to give him credit for the run to the Elite Eight. I'm going to give him credit for that. I know other people won't. He recruited all those players too. But uh, I will say that when you watch this Texas team, you can see a team that doesn't play basketball like a team. Their defense tries two more, their offense doesn't play like a team at all. And there's some issues. And Ronnie Terry has hinted now that the starting lineup will probably change. Now, we've said for, since the beginning that Caden Shedrick should be in that starting lineup instead of Brock Cunningham. Brock Cunningham hasn't hit a shot in the Big 12 play. That's going to be a problem. Now, you mix in Brock Cunningham not hitting a shot in Big 12 play with the fact that Dylan Mitchell, who I really like, has not been able to hit threes, has not taken a lot of threes, has not hit one of them. He's 0-7 for for threes on the season. He's taken one in Big 12 play. People are standing seven or eight feet away from him now. So when you look at the way they space the court just in general, it means that Brock Cunningham and Dylan Mitchell, even if they're trying to space, are going to have guys five or six feet off of them, making it almost impossible to drive to the paint, making it harder to play passing lanes, making it harder to move an offense at all, moving without the ball, everything else. When some people are playing that far off of you because they don't respect your shot at all, It makes it hard, which means that it's going to be very hard to play Dylan Mitchell and Brock Cunningham at the same time right now. Unless one of them starts hitting threes, it's just really hard to play both those guys there because Dylan DeSue can hit some threes. So you can space a little more with Dylan DeSue. However, Dylan DeSue is really, really good about 12 feet from the basket. So between 15 and 12 feet, he's really good, because he can get closer and hit an 80 percent shot, or that jump shot's probably about a 50, 60 percent shot, and his three is a 30, 40 percent shot, which is not bad. But if that you have to have him take the three because your other guys have to play by the basket and you have no other spacing, that's a problem. For a guy like Max Asmiths, he needs to be able to drive and create to get people to back off of his three-point shots. So he's not shooting from six feet behind the line. For a guy like Tyrese Hunter, he needs to be able to drive. And when everything's pressed in the middle, that's a problem. And so the starting lineup, which Ronnie Terry's apparently addressing and could be changed for UCF, that is issue number one. That you have to get more shooting into that lineup. Now we can talk about IT Horton that he has not been the shooter that he needs to be, that he looked like early in the season, he needs to figure that one out as well because his shooting could be valuable to his Texas team. His defense isn't all the way there, and his shooting has gone downhill too. So you need to get his shot back. But in reality, you have to find some more shooting on this team somewhere, and you're going to have to get it to where Dylan Mitchell... He can hit threes. We've seen him hit them in practice, and I get practice and games are two very different things. We've all played games and shot, ter- you know, we all racked off 15 in a row at, in, the, in the gym and then started running up and down the court and missed 15 in a row. That's happened to everybody. So you have to understand that, but he needs to get to shooting that three because if he hits a few, it changes the perspective of things. But the bigger picture of things, because this goes on the defensive end to the offensive end to the effort to the hustle to everything that's on there, and I know Brock Cunningham wants to hustle and he wants to play, and I know Zirikha and Onyema wants to hustle and play, and so does Kendall Weaver, and so does Dylan Mitchell, and so does Dylan DeSue, and so does Ken Shedrick, and so does Tyrese Hunter, and so does Max Smith. They all want to, but they're not because they're not one unit right now. This is not a team as it looks like a team. That's where Texas needs to get. Texas needs to get where everyone is making their decision based on the team, not on themselves, and they're not there right now. I think they can get there, but I think everyone is working right now to improve their game, and they're thinking if I play better and everyone wants to be the hero, and if everyone plays better, then we'll play better as a team, but that's not necessarily the issue with this Texas team right now. You need Max A. and Dylan DeSue to carry you through this part where you're not shooting well, and the shot will come back. I know Dylan Mitchell can shoot better than he is shooting. I don't think he's ever going to be a great shot, but if he can hit 30%, then he'll be killing it. And if he can't hit 30%, put him in the corner. Get him, get him, Just get him one shot, one space on the court where he knows he can hit a three and keep putting him there. And keep running him and moving him around and putting him there. Find him his shot. Brock Cunningham, I love him. Move him to the bench. I think he's a great player. He needs to be part of that energy coming off the bench. He needs to be part for the younger guys to help keep that energy up on the defense when he hits the bench. When Dylan DeSue comes out or when D- Dylan Mitchell comes out, you can put him in. But right now, he got to go to the bench. You have to be able to play as one and what's best for the team. They've been trying to find which guys are going to be playing that way and which guys can play best. We're too far into it now. You have to start playing with one goal in mind and one decision and one way to go in mind. And, yes, Rodney Terry needs to start preaching this more. Rodney Terry needs to start getting his guys. But I think changing the starting lineup, that's what he's starting to do. He says, okay, I get it. We tried to put the guys on the court that we felt deserved to be on the court. We tried to do in college basketball what you have to do, which is we can't, you know, not play you guys. We can't do that. We can't push too hard on some of you because you push back, you'll transfer, you'll, you'll not play. And so we have to, you know, you have to work within the realm of young players. However, once you get to the point of the season where you drop one to a West Virginia team that you had no business dropping one to, then everyone in the locker room should know this should go back to one goal for Texas. One goal. And that one goal is to help everyone else out on the court. If it's your job to spread the court, that means you need to get out and you need to run. And if if you're not able to draw them out with the ball, then you need to start running screens and you need to start moving around and making, making chaos on the other side. You have to keep moving. You have to keep doing something, whatever you can do to make the team better, not yourself better, to not worry about Max Asmus has the ball. Well, I think he's going to shoot, so let's all go into the basket and try to get a rebound. And now Max Asmus gets covered, and the, the play's blown up because you all ran into the basket to get, a, to get a rebound because that's what Dylan Mitchell wants to do. That's what Brock Cunningham wants to do. That's what Dylan DeSue wants to do. And then the ball bounces long on a max ace miss three. And it's a run out the other end with Tyrese Hunter trying to defend three guys. Everyone has to play more for the team and think team and watch where everybody else on the court. That's where Texas needs to go next. We'll see them on Wednesday against UCF. We'll talk about it more tomorrow of what they need to do. If they do, if Rodney Terry does announce a change to the starting lineup, we'll try and get that to you before the game tomorrow. But there's, this team's not that far away. The talent is on the team right now. They just don't have the shooting. And without the shooting, you have to find other ways. And the way this team was built in the beginning, okay, well, Dylan Mitchell will start getting his three going. Dylan Nasu can hit some threes. Brock will spread the court. He started to hit some threes last year. He hit some big threes for Texas. That shot's not falling right now. Bring in I.T. Horton. He's going to stretch the court. Kendall Weaver, intensity on defense. He can stretch the court. He's not hitting threes right now. Do you have to go to Chris Johnson and see if he can start hitting threes? I mean, and I think in a couple games he do. I think you need to find guys who can stretch the court. Because if Tyrese Hunter doesn't hit threes, your team basically completely falls apart. And that's what happened in West Virginia. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, get more on the tech line, play another sound from Pokemon with Ian Robbie. We come back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019, AM 1260,
0: the Horn app, and HornFM.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Wow! Yeah.
1: Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. Some breaking news I've just seen on X. Texas has got a commitment from former Oregon State wide receiver Silas Bolden adding another wide receiver to the wide receiver core here at Texas. Uh, Silas Bolden put up really big numbers. Big speedster at Oregon State. Now the question is Oregon State. The competition it is Pac-12. They had some good teams, but the, the defense, I don't know how much he will be uh, in the massive, in the starting lineup and how many receptions we're aiming to get him. Uh, but I think especially in special teams, he will be a big factor for Texas next season. Uh, and Silas Bolden, uh, who has made a commitment to Texas uh, just uh, just here in the last uh, few minutes. So breaking that news for you right now on the Sports Complex. Let's go back to the text line to see you guys on here. 512-447-3776. We always try to get to everybody on here. Uh, Texas says... Uh, I also bet Saban could be a great GM. He's proven to build great coaching staff and is respected by all of football. He could probably do pretty well if it's true. If the story's true that he wanted Drew Brees and they didn't let him get him, then you know, then he had the talent to see that Drew Brees was going to be the guy. But I don't know. I don't know if that's revisionist history or not. But that has always been the story. But I, I, I don't think he could be. A, I don't know if he'd be a bad one. But I don't know anybody who would necessarily allow him to be completely come in and take over as an unproven NFL commodity. I think he'd make more money in the in college right now and I don't know if he would really want to at 72 years old go jump back in to be a GM in NFL and risk tarnishing what the legacy is right now. But you never know. Guys like that are sometimes looking up for the challenge. Text here he said, "Right guy for New Mexico says, I heard Uncle Rico is still available. If he is, the Cowboys should drop back and go get him. He still guarantees he can throw the ball football over the mountains." I like that, right guy. Appreciate that text from here. Uh, texter says, uh, "Thank you. Tell E Hogan that Jerry's put the players and decent coaches in place over the last few years. This is not all on Jerry. Players play and coaches coach, and neither showed up on Sunday. I, okay, I like that one. And then Uncle Terry is not the guy, and I refuse to accept that it was him that led the team to lead eight. Your reason for them not playing as a team this year is proof of that. Dave Ram, I will tell you, those are two. I, I appreciate you agreeing with me there, and I don't know how you cannot agree that he took him there. He was the coach." They, they were playing a very different style of basketball than they were at the beginning. The defense was very much installed by Chris Beard. We can say the defense was installed by Chris Beard. You know what the biggest difference between last year and this year was? They hit threes. They hit threes. Serge Ibari Rice hit threes. Marcus Carr hit threes. But the fact that Serge Jabari Rice came out after Chris Beard and he wasn't playing the same before Chris Beard, the fact that Dylan DeSue, one of the main reasons you get there, was not used at all in the same way before before Rodney Terry took over. Should tell you need to give him some credit. To just go, no, that is 100% Chris Beards, even though he wasn't there because of his own dumb decisions. Which, by the way, whether you want to say it's right or wrong, his own dumb decisions is the reason he's not the coach at Texas. And, I, you know, he'll probably, he can, he can dispute that all he wants, but his own dumb decisions of what he did on that night and his response afterwards is why he's not the coach at Texas. So it's his fault that he's not the coach. Not anybody else's. Dexter says, "Ronnie Terry is a joke with no punchline, uh, which I don't agree with one bit. And firing Chris Beard was the worst move in Texas athletics history, even worse than hiring Charlie Strong or Tom Herman. Rod, Chris Beard has not won a national championship, and I don't think he ever will, but that's just me. Maybe he'll get better. I like Chris Beard. I think he's a really good coach, but his offense sucks right now. He's got to get – it, his offense has been bad. It was bad every year at Texas. It just was. I hated watching his offense. And I know he's doing well in Ole Miss, and good luck to him. He was always a nice guy to me. I hated watching his offense. I just hated watching it because he did not care about offense. He only cared about defense. So he would bench a guy and go out there, and I just don't like watching that kind of basketball. So that was just me. But I, I, that's, I think that's a gross overstatement. Uh, if you don't like Rodney Terry, I, t- please tell me why you don't like Rodney Terry. Because I know that, it, and some people will put it as a term, it's a black guy and a white guy, and you don't like the black guy. I don't think that's the case. I'm not putting that in everybody's case because that seems silly that there's that many people that have that. What, what is the distinctive reason? And you can't tell me he's play calling or anything else because this isn't about that. Because Ronnie Terry took the team and you still won't give him credit. So what is it? You just don't like who he is? Is it you just don't think that he's a, a head coaching material? And Chris Beard was? I, I just don't. Because Chris Beard was the guy who was going out and drinking with everybody. Chris Beard was the guy who was hanging out with the kid. Like, I just don't get the, I don't get the disconnect. It's a disconnect for me. I'm just missing it. And I've never been able to figure it out. I like Chris Beard. I hated his offense. I think Rodney Terry is doing some really good things. I don't know if he's going to be uh, the greatest coach of all time, but I think he should get a shot, and I, I'm going to give him credit for getting to the Elite Eight and winning the Big 12 because he did that. Jan asks, who should be the starting five then for Texas? Uh, right now, I mean, at the end of the day, it should be Caden Shedrick, Dylan DeSue, Dylan Mitchell, uh, Tyrese Hunter, and Max Asmus. We know Tyrese Hunter and Max Asmus are going to be in there. They can both hit threes. Uh, and then it's a question of, Are you going to be able to get Dylan Mitchell to hit threes? Dylan Mitchell's going to start because he's going to kind of have to. Because what he does, now his minutes may get limited. uh, But I think Dylan Mitchell's in your starting lineup. You just need to try and get him to shoot threes and be more confident in the three. And that'll fix a lot of your problems. Or start to fix a lot of your problems. If he hits a couple threes and they have to start guarding him again. But that's, I think, where you need to go. Don't mind them being unranked. Just learn how to put a full game together. Learn to win off the radar. I agree. Learn to play above your talent. Play your own game. Play your own team. I agree with you there. Texter <laughs> says, I don't like his stupid glasses. That's a good reason to hate somebody. That's a good reason to hate a good man. Uh, <laughs> I'll never get it. I'll never get it. Uh, I'm going to play some Saturday. Come up with Ian Robbie uh, behind the burn orange curtain today. Uh, good stuff. We'll come back, hit the text line a little bit more here on the Sports Complex, but it is a it's a hook 'em up replay behind the burn orange curtain with Rob Bavers this morning.
2: All right, just a, a couple of items here uh, that are happening uh, in regards to Texas football. A couple of nuggets. Football Scoop is actually reporting that. It looks like the Longhorns will retain Paul Christ. Now, this comes from, like I said, Football Scoop, the other one to reporting it. I haven't seen it uh, anywhere else, but uh, their reporting um, says that uh, they believe Paul Christ, who was a prime candidate for a lot of uh, open jobs as an offensive coordinator, I think our was probably the job that he was most uh, prominently mentioned for. Uh, But they're reporting that uh, Paul Crist will indeed uh, return to the 40 acres. Now, last year he was a special assistant to the head coach, Um, so I'm not exactly sure what capacity. They did not get specific in what role that he would return to Texas in, but they're saying that they expect Paul Crist to return to Texas uh, as an analyst in some capacity. Um, Remember, you know, he – did get the big buyout from Wisconsin when he left. I believe it was $11 million. So maybe money's not a big issue. Uh, whatever was happening between he and Al and other programs that were considering him, I guess it didn't work out, wasn't the right fit. Because Paul Chris, I mean, he is... It's one of the most respected offensive minds in college football. Uh, so it's great that Texas is going to retain him. I'm not sure exactly what happened with the other opportunities, um, but he looks like he's coming back based on his football scoop report. Um, don't know about uh, Joe D. Camillus yet. But uh, Payam Sadat did leave. He's, he actually went to take a job with uh, Jeff Choate on that Nevada staff. So Payam Sadat is gone. So I don't know who else are bringing us the special assistant. There has been some talk that Coach Akina um, will be coming in or is expected to come in as an analyst. So maybe he'll be given a special assistant role as well. Um, we're not too sure about that. But, yeah, there you go. Paul Crist coming back for the Longhorns. And that's a, that's a big get for him, especially with his uh, thoughts and his philosophy in the power running game. I know that was something that he was supposed to bring a lot of ideas and a lot of innovation for was the power running game for Texas. Um, So maybe him coming back will help Texas build on um, some of those ideas from last season. Paul Chris coming back. Uh, Another nugget uh, for Texas football. We keep up with the transfer portal, of course. And at this point, I believe there are 13 players for Texas that hit the transfer portal. And 11 of those 13 players now do have a home. The latest is Jaron Thompson. Uh, Jaron Thompson signing, or at least committing, I should say, to Auburn. Um, He's the second Texas player to commit to Auburn. So Auburn's putting in some work. They actually uh, got the commitment of Trill Carter. Uh, And that was earlier this month, I believe, Uh, Trill Carter committed to the uh, to the Auburn Tigers, so there you go. Between Trill Carter and between Jaron Thompson, between Malik Murphy, and I believe Isaiah Nayor, those are the four power five uh acquisitions via the transfer portal from Texas. The rest of them, I believe, are group of five uh departures. They end up landing at group of five schools. Um, and I think Charles Wright was at Appalachian State. The only players who are not currently. Uh, committed to a, another program are Keaton Crawford and if I'm not mistaken, uh, Chris Ross. Uh, they're the only ones who are not currently committed to uh, another university. Now, I Now, Keaton Crawford's going to get picked up pretty quickly uh, with his, you know, just his raw measurables and speed. I think he's going to end up landing with um, another uh, group of five programs. So I think he'll get on. So there'll be 12 of the 13 players. That's a good sign if you're just looking at the i think i I call it healthy attrition there's healthy attrition and unhealthy attrition if a lot of these guys leaving Texas were dropping down considerably in competition level, having to go to do d2 d3 or even not even being coveted or picked up acquired via the transfer portal that would tell me that texas evaluations were off maybe guys were over evaluated maybe they were a little over recruited for texas and nothing wrong with that texas says they don't look at stars so uh, they shouldn't pay attention to that but um if those guys are leaving your program um and they're leaving and not being acquired by other institutions or not being coveted that would be a bad sign or If you're having high-end players, we're talking about some of your best players, all conference-caliber players that are leaving your program, that's bad attrition. But I think what Texas is dealing with right now is good attrition, especially when you combine it with the players they're acquiring via the transfer portal, top 100 draft prospects like, you know, Isaiah Bond, like Makuba, like a Trey Moore, and then you look at the players that are leaving your roster who are actually being acquired by Group of Five, and Power Five institutions and programs, and it shows you that Texas is just churning out that roster. They're upgrading that roster. They're bringing in, suppl- uh, supplementing uh, their uh, roster construction with uh, high-end talent from other teams via the transfer portal, and then the guys who can't necessarily push the envelope, the guys who can't push for playing time, the guys who can't compete for those starting spots because they just are unable or haven't proven themselves, or they've been recruited over already, those are the guys who are leaving your program. That's why you, know, you got four, like six safeties that are leaving your program because when you got a true freshman, Derek Williams, who ends up being a, a starter or a heavy rotational player and a walk-on, who ends up being a heavy rotational player or starter like Taft Daddy, well, you know what those safeties, they don't see a path to play. They know, well, I've been recruited over and I've been passed up in this, in this DB room. What's my path to play? And that's why you have a lot of guys leaving. Uh, those. So anytime you have a position like that where the guys have been passed up in the competition and recruited over, you're going to have an, a mass exodus. And I think that's what you're having at, at DB right now. But it, like I said, it's a it's a good type of attrition because with the transfer portal, everybody has to deal with attrition now. It's It's not something exclusive to the best programs or the biggest programs. Everybody's got attrition. It's just whether it's good or bad. It's like cholesterol, right? You got good and bad cholesterol. Same thing with attrition these days. You're going to have it whether it's good or bad is the question.
0: Yeah, and it does feel like it's healthy for Texas. As you said, 13 players who are kind of maybe behind the depth chart a little bit, looking for a fresh start, uh, making the move, and then the uh, four portal additions the Longhorns have made that look like immediate impact kind of guys at key positions for Texas and could be more. I mean, uh, Longhorns are looking at the kid uh, Jabbar Muhammad from Washington, Yep. and we'll see. There are some projections that uh, the Longhorns lead for him. Of course, his cousin is Manny Muhammad, who plays in that same secondary or would play in that same secondary and uh, the name that came online yesterday that's interesting, you know, because we, we immediately had heard from – you know, because Alabama's got guys jumping in the portal. The Longhorns have already landed the commitment of Isaiah Bond, mm-hmm. the wide receiver, the speedster. Uh, but um, there's a tight end uh, from Alabama, too, named Kendrick Blackshear, who's from Duncanville. Uh, and by all accounts, he looks like – I mean, he looks like a bodybuilder. Body's amazing, but does he – you know, does he fit? With Jake – with Jed Bush leaving for the NFL, rather, maybe thought that they're looking for a guy like that kind of with one of those – Usable uh, pieces. Gotcha. Maybe a rotational kind of player, a linebacker, maybe special teams kind of guy. Um, so Kendall Blackshear is a guy they're looking at. Uh, but then oh, this name is real interesting. Um, tight end, Ben Yursek, who uh, oh, yeah. from Stanford. Yep. Three years he's played at Stanford. He's 6'4", 240, 245, 108 career catches, 1,300 yards plus. He's supposed to be, according to Pete Thamel from ESPN, supposed to visit Texas this week. So keep an eye on Ben Yursek. Of course, JT Sanders off to the NFL That'd be big. Tight end could be a spot. I would also say uh, the file of uh, keep your friends close but your enemies closer. Looks like Texas A&M's athletic director, Ross Bjorkrod, is off to Ohio State.
2: Uh, Is it happening? I know he was a prime candidate. It looks like it's going to – Oh,
0: yeah, it says here Ohio State is expected to name A&M athletic director Ross Bjork as the Buckeyes' next A.D., that according to the Columbus Dispatch. Yeah. 51-year-old has been the A.D. at A&M since 2019. Of course, most famously known for his contract extension of one Jimbo Fisher. Wow. That the program's having to eat. And now he's going to bolt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is, that's cold-blooded right there. I didn't realize he was that well, think, think highly about regarded.
0: Well, think about it this. Okay, go back to the play, right? He, he tried to hire Mark Stoops. That got stopped in its place by the boosters and, yeah. U- and A&M fans. They're like, do better. By all reports, the plane landed from Lexington to a and to finalize the contract and was told to go back. Yeah. That's embarrassing for an athletic director, right? Yes, it is. That's somewhat somewhat unrecoverable.
2: Yeah, they de-pantsed you yes. in front of uh, the world. And they much. said, no, we're
0: not hiring him. Yeah. Hire somebody else. Yeah, basically. And that's when they pivoted to Mike Elko. And Mike Elko's now in place and right, Ross Bjork said all the right things at the introductory press conference, that this is our type of coach and this is who we wanted. Well, everybody knows the story now. I mean, you're de-pantsed. You're right. I mean, you've been – yeah. Emperor yeah. has no clothes. Yeah. And I mean it's kinda like you were trusted to make the hire. You hired it and they didn't like it. They didn't it. like it. They basically so said you, they didn't like your idea. You kinda gotta go. On the heels of the Jimbo Fisher buyout that we just had to eat and figure out because you gave him a guaranteed ten year contract. Yeah. Um well, you know, A and M's he's gonna go to uh, Oklahoma, I mean he's gonna land softly. Oh Ohio, Ohio a great State. <laughs> gig. What do you mean? He upgraded. Yeah, I don't – He upgraded. That's a, that's a better job for him. Oh, trust me. When, when we talk about Way this, better. Because we talked about it in real time. Does Ross Bjork have to go? Well, he's going a, to Ohio State. Ohio State.
2: I mean, he's he talking about a model of consistency. Uh, I, 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 can't, I really can't believe that. So, good for Ross Bjork, man. He's got a good agent. Um, I thought there'd be better candidates. Potentially, at Ohio State could land. I thought they could poach. A big-time AD, but you're right. Considering what just went down, at least you know he's available and looking. Yes. And And they want him out too as opposed to going to try to poach and convince and they have a sales pitch to convince an AD yeah, who's already he was suppl- a lame duck guy. Was supplanted.
0: Yeah, he's got – yeah, exactly. Hey, administrator, come get him. Hey, y'all, y'all come get him. Y'all you're looking get for him? an AD. He, we got a he's guy. He's looking to leave. We he's actually go. pretty good, but we, we don't like him anymore.
2: Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> that, that, it, I guess it just fit. It was the right timing.
1: Back here on the Sports Complex, good stuff there from when you come up with Ian Robbie. We're going to take a quick break, come back, wrap it up, and hit you with the last couple text messages uh, we come back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn One Hundred and Nine AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.
0: The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn.
1: All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, a couple last texts. We get uh, Art of, I do believe Brock's better coming off the bench. He's been a liability so far, and that's bad. He's been a very loyal team member. He's been okay in some things, but he's got to be able to hit shots. Chan says, thanks for your thoughts on Texas basketball team. Appreciate that. And someone in the other texter says, Dindo Conte says something along these lines. We compete for championships here at Texas. Top 10 is where all athletic programs should be at all times. Basketball team is in rank, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I, I'm not going to say blah, blah. I'm just running out of time. Sorry. Uh, Texas will never be anything but a, a base. Texas is a good baseball school. Texas is a good football school. Texas is never going to be ranked top 10 year after year after year. Is are just not? Because basketball is too hard to do that. Basketball players want to play at basketball schools. Now, hopefully we're getting better and we're getting closer, but the season ain't over. We're going to win a big one tomorrow. And until then, keep be safe, be kind, keep your underwear clean. We'll come back tomorrow, talk more Texas basketball with you guys. Because I want to get your opinion. But until then, see you right back here tomorrow. Sports Complex. <coughs>